Hello and welcome to Attention Seekers, the podcast from Performance Marketing World, where we get to know who's seeking attention in the industry and how they're doing it. Performance marketing is all about attention. It's the currency that is traded between consumers and advertisers, whether it's seconds on a screen or clicks on a link. So if you're not an attention seeker, you are not doing it right. I'm Lucy Shelley, junior reporter at PMW and your host for Attention Seekers. Today, I am joined by Michael Arking, president of Social Motion Films, a New York-based video creation company for brands. Hi, Michael. Thank you for being this week's attention seeker. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Lucy. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on this podcast. And would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Social Motion? Sure, sure. Happy to, Lucy. So uh, essentially, Social Motion is a a five-year-old company that was started by myself Uh, and my partner. His background actually was uh, 15 years of large-scale commercial directing for major brands, especially in uh, food and beverage. Uh, My background was in e-commerce and digital for about 15 years as well. And about five years ago, we kind of saw this opportunity where video sort of continues to explode and and grow. Um, It seemed that there was some difficulty there in the market and determining where to go to get these videos. So if you went to your agency, it seemed very, very overpriced uh, and quite expensive and slow. If you went to a social media agency, uh, they kind of hand it off to somebody. And then the local video guy at the same time would be doing corporate videos, comes out of film school. So when you need something catchy, 15 seconds, 20, 30 seconds, we saw an opportunity to make a high quality video really affordable. So we've got a subscription service. It's, it's quite exciting and interesting to see the uh, response from the market. And do you do that across a range of different platforms, videos everywhere? Is there any limit to where you don't do videos? In, in terms of we are a content house only, so we, we don't place the content. Uh, and we do that across the industry. I would say number one is CPG industry, uh, consumer packaged goods. And then beyond that, though, we've gotten so much demand from other industries, consumer electronics, health and supplements. Uh, it just seems to be that video is is uh, on the move and getting it done right and, and at the right cost, I think, is the biggest challenge that uh, most of these uh, e-commerce and retails and brands are facing. And here we have the solution with social motion films. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, we see it that way yeah. for sure. <laughs> Let's get to know our attention seeker this week a little bit more. So, Michael, can you tell me what's getting your attention this week? I think though it's 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 the Apple changes happened months ago, right? I mean those privacy changes uh, they continue to weigh on me, and it's interesting to hear back from our clients uh, what they're feeling in the market since those privacy changes came into play. It's definitely more difficult. Uh, they're not getting the, the the same ROI that they were getting before, uh, and for us, I think what we're seeing is that we're returning to more uh, essential branding again. We need to realize that not everything's going to be instant. Uh, I think the big challenge is going to be a lot of D2C players in the market are going to feel very, very pressed because the costs continue to go up uh, and it's that much more difficult to get attention. And then if you go back to sort of old school marketing and you think about branding, that's really where where marketing's going again. I think what's old is new again in a sense, right? Because you've got to have this consistent brand out there. You can't be just quite ephemeral. It's not going to be one ad and done. It's going to be a journey. It must be kind of a challenge for things to be not instant at the moment, especially when increasingly people are expecting things straight away, especially in marketing. Uh, I agree. I agree. 
agree with you, Lucy. I think that, um, again, we have to get back to that fundamentals of marketing. If you think about the brands that are actually even going brick and mortar right now, right? Returning to brick and mortar, lots of D2C brands like Warby Parker, right? Expanding their store counts. It's that idea that, you know, digital is, is amazing uh, for, for reaching consumers. But at the same time, uh, you need that stickiness. You need to be in front of them and they have to know you're real. And there has to, you have to build that trust with brand. Absolutely. And Michael, to find out just how much of an attention seeker you are, can you tell us about a time that you have done something completely stupid, embarrassing, unnecessary for attention? So, uh, you know, I'm sort of a, not a serial entrepreneur. I've been in kind of maybe 12 different industries, but there was a time pre-internet. I actually sent wow. out voodoo dolls, if you know what those are. There's kind of little dolls that you stick pins into. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the tagline of that voodoo doll was, needle your competition. And that went over amazingly, <laughs> amazingly well, uh, sort of to get sales calls in because we had to kind of break through and, and get inside and get on the phone. And so when you call up that prospect after you had made that mailer, uh, you, you could be assured that they would remember who you were and what you <laughs> yeah. sent, and they kind of understood the effort. Yeah. And that kind of launched, oh, many mailers after that with mouse traps and kites and God knows what we used to send out, but uh, pizza cutters and other things that were all dimensional that caught attention. Uh, it was a, really a lot of fun, and it uh, still speaks to you know speaks to. Me today, 10 years later, even in video, thinking about how to get attention. It's just about getting people talking, isn't it? You know, if you do something like that, not many people, not everyone's going to like it. But as long as they're talking about it, you've done the right thing. I think so. I think they like to smile, Lucy, at the end of the day. You know, we, we do yeah. we do business. We want to succeed. Uh, but we do like to smile and we're people, right? And it's, uh, we found that humor actually and, and that optimism is really seems to grab people's attention. There's no news like good news. That's what we like to hear. (laughs) We could use more of it. Yes, absolutely. Especially (laughs) right now we could. And could you let us in a little secret perhaps and tell us uh, what could cookies tell about you that you might not want them to know? What what, what are they collecting about you that you'd really rather that is not useful for you? Hmm. That's a great question. I I suppose they're tracking... uh... I've got a little bit of a watch fanatic, so ah, uh, I, see. I, I suppose I may spend a little less money on watches that I don't need <laughs> occasionally. They don't have to be particularly expensive, but I'm always on the lookout for a unique design. Uh, and I'm kind of intrigued by that, how much you can do with a watch face, actually. Oh, really? I mean, do you have a, a watch for a different outfit? Is it that kind of level? I uh, probably do, but I'm not going to admit to it that I have just admitted <laughs> <No>. to it. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I've got watches, you know, some that could be quite expensive and some really inexpensive. A cute side story to that was um, I did have a particular watch that looks extremely expensive Mm -hmm. uh, and, in fact, was extremely cheap. I think it was less than $100, but I love the design of it. And um, I was sitting down. I'm trying to think where I was. I don't know. I was sitting with somebody. Maybe it was through a conference and a gentleman Mm -hmm. sat next to me and had a Patek Philippe on, which I noticed caught my eye which you know could be twenty twenty five thousand dollars yeah. and I had I don't know we were doing something and I turned my watch and and he turned to me and said oh my god that's a lovely watch you know and on and on and on I'm thinking to myself this watch is in seventy five dollars he's wearing a twenty five thousand dollar watch he's going on and on about my watch I kind of got a kick out of it you should have traded it with him I really should have right on the you spot I got to yeah. trade it too I should have here take it let's swap <laughs> uh, that was fun Definitely fun to see. Well, next time. For sure. 
Ratings are an important part of performance marketing. So we want to know what your ratings are of the industry. So could you tell us about something that you think is overrated in performance marketing? You know, I hear uh, lots of time we get calls from clients just in sort of humorous videos. Um, and, and I think humor videos sometimes could be overrated in the sense that um, it really depends if it fits your product. And then to be humorous in a video is extremely difficult. It's not as simple as it seems, and it doesn't fit everybody. And so to some degree, I feel that's kind of overrated in a way, unless you've got the right product. And I think there's a, a complete misunderstanding. I have to say, we really don't do super humorous videos. We don't really, it's not a genre. We kind of stick to our knitting. There are specialized companies for that. But sometimes I think it could really fall flat where people think that, oh, wow, that looks quite inexpensive to do. And it's just good fun. I think it's a rarity to get it that way. So it's a bit overrated, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's it's really hard to do because it's when you see a good one, you remember it. You think, oh, they've done it right. But it's not often that you see that. And I no. also don't like the fact that I think humor at the moment, we're kind of leaning towards this roast culture, which I really don't like. I think mm, we're I finding a lot of humor at other people's expense, which I'm not a fan of. I'm glad you say that. I absolutely agree. I think, you know, my... Um, my whole ethos here for the company and starting this company is um, is about being empathetic, you know, with the employees and the team, with our customers. Yeah, for sure. And I, I also really agree with what you say about the ethos that you practice has also got to be the ethos that you project as well. And I think that's really important, especially when, you know, we talk about brand storytelling. And if they're going to tell one story, they've got to practice the same story. Agreed. Well, moving on to what you think is underrated in the industry. What do you think has not got enough airtime? Perhaps you would give some airtime through social motion films. What do you want to? What do you want to talk about? I, I, I would say what's underrated is probably consistent branding across platforms today. I think that's so important to have that branding on your site, on your social media. I mean, across across channels. And I think it's very, very difficult see, to do. And I think that people, again, oh, there's a short attention span. Everybody's one and done, get attention, run. How do I, you know, make a buck, sell something quick? I think tried and true brand marketing over time, consistently, uh, brick by brick, as you build up a very solid foundation for a business. And, uh, and I can understand today's culture, um, how everything seems, you know, instant instant and quick. But I don't think that's the path. And I think that we're going to come back to that understanding how that works. If you think about ads that you see online, where you're reminded about them, a longer video, right, then something shorter, 15, then a six seconds, over time, looking at the um, the design that you know, oh, I recognize that brand. Oh, that's Casper. That's Warby Parker. That's Target, whatever it might be. Like what we were saying earlier about things not being instant. People even though um, the consumer might need things instantly, those behind the ideas need to slow down. And it's this preparation that makes it all worthwhile. It's like creating a film, isn't it? I mean, it takes months, years to create something that can be an hour and a half long. Very true. And I'm sure it's the same for the films that you create as well. Without a doubt. It's uh, it's actually quite complex, you know, when we look at um, it. It's funny how kind of video is very new in a way, Lucy, right? It, it it's hard to believe that it's fresh, but I think only a couple of years ago, LinkedIn didn't even have any video on its platform. So it's still quite new. And the distinction between a piece of content that's static that you can manipulate endlessly and approve or the or a video, 
which is moving, that needs the arc of a story behind it, is so much more complex. Um, and how to make that efficient and, and how to make that affordable and to manage your marketing is not easy. I think we've been we've done some uh, amazing things internally here to kind of set up that kind of system uh, to make that easy. Storyboarding everything that we do, uh, the way we copyright, the way we approach video, uh, almost like a machine in a way, uh, but it's still white glove and hands-on. I mean, a video, it's almost the preferred uh, format, isn't it? It's so easily consumable. Do you think that brands that aren't using video in their marketing are just leaps behind do you think they cannot achieve the same successes without it i have to say absolutely to be honest of course i you know that's our business is video so it sounds so (laughs) self-serving but but you know the reality is is that 80 percent of all the content on the internet that's consumed is video today and uh, even if you look at the success of tiktok right and the explosion i mean what are people looking at they're looking at videos i think i want to point out too lucy that um Mm -hmm. There are different types of videos and they work together. They don't compete together. For instance, user-generated videos are very important, right? The brand video. Also, every video has to have, you know, has different purposes, instructional type of video. So our our preference is and where we work best with companies is actually in brand and product videos and sometimes service videos as well. But you also have to project your brand. So you need both those videos working together. You need the consumer video using your product and enjoying it. But you also need that video that you put out there that you produce because you are the brand. So if you imagine Gucci as a brand or Yves Saint Laurent letting user-generated content uh, drive everything, right? They would have no brand left. It's, it's that combination of both that actually makes it work. Perfect balance, of course. Exactly. <laughs> You've talked a lot about uh, what you do at Social Motion. So, could you go into more depth about a best practice from Social Motion? What is the most exciting project that you've worked on, and how did you get other people's attention? Um, so, um, I guess I'm most excited. Late and recently, we've won an award, Hermes uh, Creative Award. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Depends if you're in France or not. Um, for a project that we did, uh, actually, we started with a client. It's been a long-time client called Walden Meats. They had about 15,000 clients where they would be uh, delivering meats at home. But they actually launched a bank, uh, Walden Mutual Bank, for sustainable food companies. Uh, and we created uh, two films for them, a stop-motion film where we used a lot of figurines. And if you could imagine, Lucy, in your mind, uh, like a miniature train set. Uh, we had about an eight-foot set that we built with little figurines wow. and little trucks and little homes. And for the bank, we did something similar in stop motion. Uh, so we just, about two weeks ago, we were awarded two platinum awards uh, for those videos. And that was quite exciting, um, uh, quite exciting for us. Can I ask, because um, stop motion, we were talking earlier about how you know things take a while to produce, but I know stop motion is the extreme of that it takes a really long time to create a very short video so so you're right it's interesting as a company my partner that is daniel cohen uh who was a director was very much well known for stop motion globally he came from the uk um and so we had when we started our company stop motion was the only medium uh pretty much that we work with and then we moved from there into live action and then we expanded out into um 
what we call hybrid motion, which is a combinations of 3D and 2D and motion graphics and other applications. Uh, but you're absolutely correct. To make something beautiful in stop motion uh, is very, very tedious. And it can take uh, weeks of time and preparation because everything is behind the camera and everything is moved, let's say, an inch at a time, right? Until you kind of get it to its destination. And then once you stitch all those single images together, suddenly you have this beautiful film. Um, so as I said, yeah, some of those sets can be quite complex, though they're in miniature. Um, but it's something that we really love to do. Uh, and we don't obviously recommend it for every project that we do. So stop motion is kind of interstitially, we do that with clients uh, in a mix of sometimes using our motion graphics capabilities and sometimes putting in stop motion where we can get the, the cost down. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's extremely fun. And it's, it, it's always high engagement too. We know they work really well. Fantastic. Well, it was like visiting an old friend then when you went back to stop motion. Are you mostly doing stop motion now or have you? No, I would say about um, uh, 20, maybe a, it's broken up to a third, maybe 25, 30% of our work is stop motion. Uh, a lot more in uh, what we call hybrid motion, 2D and 3D applications. But we, it looks a lot like stop motion, but it's not quite right. We're using that same uh, approach and that's been quite successful for us uh, to be able to do more editing, more manipulation, more storytelling. And now to my favorite part of the podcast, which is all about getting my attention, which we have set you a task, a challenge to remarket an outdated and old fashioned item that is no longer used today. And we took our inspiration for this object that we are giving to you today from some very memorable uh, video ads from TV in the 70s, the Ronco products. Uh, I don't know if others remember them. I mean, I, I certainly wasn't alive, so <laughs> I will admit that these have been YouTube researched. Um, but for you, we have given you the Mr. Microphone, which for those that do not know, is a mic that you can link up to an FM radio. Did uh, did you ever use any of these products or know of them? I have never used the Ronco Mr. Microphone. <laughs> did take a look at this product. Quite interesting, Lucy, quite interesting. It's uh, fairly useless, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, well... Before you go any further, I will remind you that this is this is going to be graded, Michael. So, yes, yes. So you don't want to. Uh, so yeah, do do try your best, and when you're ready, resell me, uh, Mr. Mr. Microphone. So Lucy, this this microphone is an amazing, an amazing product that you're absolutely going to love. It's it's certainly going to go well with your gold chains if you're a guy <laughs> back in the 80s and open shirts. But honestly, for today, what's amazing about Mr. Microphone is the fact that I think that you can use this as a podcasting training tool. This is amazing. You can take the Ronco Mr. Microphone and you can use it to live stream because it connects to any FM radio station in your home for perfect training on the go of live feed of your podcast. Uh, if you could imagine how successful you can be as a podcaster, maybe you'll appreciate this, Lizzie. We're going to have to put this across TikTok and put the podcaster challenge. I like that. Well, it's almost the uh, ultimate attention-seeking tool, isn't it? 
you know, you put yourself on the radio with the Mr. Microphone. I recommend that you take this to parties with you, Lucy, as a conversation starter <laughs> or as a dating tool, whatever you think is a good idea. A take dating tool. Oh, yes. Do you think if I sat, sat down on the table and brought out a Mr. Microphone, my chances of success are going to massively increase? You're going <laughs> to make a lot of friends. As soon as they see that microphone, you're going to be a magnet. Great. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is time for my scoring. Um, this was a hard challenge. I must, I must admit to you. I, I feel felt like... the pressure. I felt the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that you mentioned TikTok. Obviously, we want to bring it into other platforms that we use and create the biggest reach that we can. However, Michael, I, I really hope this doesn't dampen your day. But I'm, I'm going to give you a five. Oh, it's awful! <laughs> awful. I... <laughs> I, I feel it like was, it was a challenge. You know what, Lucy? I've got to sell things that I believe in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, that... It's the most worthless tool I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't even think of a possible use for it. <laughs> yeah, well... But I may challenge you back on it and see what you can score on it. <laughs> oh, well, if I was to think about it, I mean, you've really put me on the spot here. I haven't thought, thought yeah. about it. But <laughs> if you're trying to think of a performance marketing angle i just didn't have it no you know everything i think about is e-commerce and internet mm. this is kind of fm radio i know well thank you so much for being our attention seeker this week michael and i really hope we haven't ruined your day too much with a score of five but perhaps no, you can no. come back next time and we won't give you such a challenging object <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll give me something to sell that has some value <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, and we wish you a good rest of your day. Thank you, Lucy. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. If you want to find out more about the news and trends from global brands, agencies, and platforms in the performance marketing industry, register with us on our website, performancemarketingworld.com. And don't forget to look out on our socials, which are linked on the site and in this episode's description, to send in suggestions for next time's Resell Me a Pen Challenge. Thank you all for listening, and I look forward for you to join me next time. Mm-hmm.